Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we honor you. This is your service. Lord, I ask that you move beyond what you've prepared me with, what you prepared for me to share today. Lord, that you touch hearts. Lord, you take my words and expound it and make it your words. And Lord, let your name be glorified. Let the Son of Jesus, I mean, let the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, be glorified in this service today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody in advance. Merry Christmas. I know some of our family are traveling um, because people travel around the holiday. Either family is coming to visit or families you're going to visit family. So whatever the case is, the blessing of God, the protection of God will be upon you and your household in Jesus' name. And also we have been praying and we've prayed uh, before the service for several of our family that are homesick. Um, I just got mad. You know, we got to get mad sometimes. Say, this enough is enough. It's just like if we, one, of your, one of your children or one of your uncles, aunties sick, do you, do you like that? Nobody likes that. Unless you are a very, very mean person. <laughs> Nobody likes that. So I want us to, as a body, there's so much authority and power we carry. The Bible says when we come together to pray and to intercede, God hears from heaven. So we thank God because the prayers have gone forth already. We are not going to relitigate that. We just receive it by faith. And we call for quick healing, quick restoration, quick restoration across the board. I don't care what they call it, COVID-19, COVID-40, cancer, whatever they call it. There's a name that is above it. Come on, church. There's a name that is above it. In fact, far above. That's what the scripture said. It said far above all principalities and power. And that's where you and I, we are seated right now. Seated in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities, all powers, all rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness of the high places. Praise the Lord. So we honor God because we win. We win. Somebody say we win. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good comfort or good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. You know, when people go to wars in medieval days, when generals go to war and they come back, they have uh, trophies on their wall which is a proof of their conquest. This you are going to right now will pass and it will be on your wall as your trophy through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see that. Cancer will be on the wall. God deliver me from cancer. MS will be on the wall. God deliver me from MS. Arthritis will be on the wall. God deliver me from arthritis. Asthma will be on your wall. God deliver me from whatever you got this morning. In fact, I'm feeling led by the Holy Ghost. 
I want to take authority over every sickness, every disease, everything that has a name. For God has highly exalted him and given Jesus a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every Goliath standing up against you that is bragging. And just by the look of it, but just by its track record, it, it looks like he has a right to brag. But what Goliath does not understand is there's a greater one that lives inside of us. So therefore, in the name of Jesus, we address, I, I address. I address every sickness, every cancer, every arthritis, every sickness that has a name, every heart disease, every blood disease, every bone disease. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to lose God's people now in the name of Jesus. I release the river of healing right now in the name of Jesus. I release the river of healing right now. From Bondeke Debra Lebosika, I command pain to go in the name of Jesus. I command pain to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not the will of God for his people to be sick. It's not the will of God for his people to be infirmed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Every time sickness comes, every time disease comes, you react against it. You don't manage it. You don't condone it. You don't create room for it. You react against it. With everything you've got, every faith you've got, every word you've got, you react against it. Amen? Sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but keep standing. Keep believing and keep praying and believing God. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, your body is your house. Your body is the house you live in. You know, this is a house. It has a roof. It has plumbing. It has lighting. It has all kinds of functionality that keeps the house functioning. So picture your body when a part of it is not working like, for example, I have electrical problem in one of our lights now. So I've called the electrician to come and fix it. Guess what? Jesus is an electrician. Jesus is a plumber. If the plumbing system in your body is not working, he's a plumber. If the electrical system in your body is not working, you know, we, we, science tells us there's electricity in the heart. And doctors, cardiologists can't figure it out. They don't know where it's coming from. That's the spark of God. He can fix it. If the heart is not functioning right, he's the best cardiologist. If the bone is not functioning right, he's the best orthopedic doctor. Amen? Amen? So trust him to fix whatever is going on in your house. You know, sometimes the house is not working right, and then we put a patch on it. Uh, and the roof, is the roof is leaking, we put a patch on it. Well, don't do that. There's enough spare part in heaven. There's enough spare part in heaven. There's enough spare parts in heaven. If your heart is the heart of a 70-year-old because you are 70 and you want that of a 23, ask God for it. Ask God for it. Glory to God. He's a good God. He's a mighty God. If any organ is shutting down or has shut down, he's, he's capable to replace it. Amen? He's a good God. I tell you, that's not part of the plan, but it's part of the plan now. Glory to God. 
So last week we looked at the revelation or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, or you could call it the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. So I'm going to continue in that, in that grain as the Lord will lead me this morning. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. That's very important. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Every demonic spirit causing illness, causing the manifestation or the, the, the presence of illness in your body, I address you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go now in the name of Jesus. For he has given us authority to cast out devils. Leave her, leave him now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. John chapter 7, verse 37. All of that may not be in your material because I have a different note. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, how many of us believe in him? If you believe in him, raise your hand this morning as a sign of your faith in the Lord. He who believes, that means he's talking about you, right? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or his belly, King James will say, but most of the other translation will say your heart, will flow rivers, plural, of living water. Rivers of living water. And I've known this scripture. I've quoted it a thousand times, maybe more than that. And this morning, as I woke up this morning, the Lord just gave me a revelation about this. Rivers of living water. If you look at the next verse, but this is speak concerning the Holy Spirit or the Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit has not yet been given because Jesus has not yet been glorified. And this is what the Lord showed me. You know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. How many of you know that? If you don't know that, uh, we can do another message another time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives in you. If you give your heart to the Lord, he's in there. So the scripture is saying here, out of your belly shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. Uh, the Lord showed me that is connected to 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. So you can think of it like the nine rivers of the Holy Ghost. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of faith, gift of healings. So there's a river inside of you right now. There are rivers, rather, plural, inside of you. There are rivers in me. That's why I said earlier, I, I release the river of healing. I release the river of miracles because it's in me. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. Glory to God. How many of you are born again right now? If you go to court right this minute, somebody bring you to court and tell you to prove that you are born again, how would you prove it? It's going to be a difficult task because you are trying to talk about a spiritual thing in the natural world. That's why the Bible says, the, the, the people, uh, the mind of man cannot understand spiritual things. So when the Bible says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit lives in you, 
you have to believe that. You have to act like he's in there. You have to act like God is inside of you. And you have to act like the powers of God, the, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I have to act like it. And react to every situation or respond rather to every situation around my life in the same manner. Knowing that the Holy Ghost lives inside me. So when you look at 1 Corinthians 12, we, we learned about the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And I was blown away as I began to study this because I don't know about you, but in my mind, that's why it's very important for us to pay attention when the word of God is being taught. In my mind, I put some of the gifts in the category of uh, that will not be for me. Amen? Am I alone? No, word of knowledge, yeah. Word of wisdom, yeah, but gift of faith, you are pushing it, Bishop. But that's not what the Bible said. It said, as the Spirit wills, he can manifest the gift. So when you are standing in a situation where the gift of faith is necessary and you believe it, the Holy Ghost can give it to you. You, are, you have to picture it like this. You believe God up to here and you are on the ledge. When you get to the ledge, the Holy Ghost take over with the gift of faith. And then you are saying things and acting in a certain way that people are like, what is wrong with you? Don't you understand what is going on here? Don't you understand what is happening here? I believe that's a measure of what my wife and I experienced when my daughter was in the hospital, miracle. The doctors will be telling us all this terrible news. Don't raise your hopes. You might just be saying your goodbye. All of this nasty stuff. And they were not trying to be mean. They were just trying to be a doctor. But it's almost like water off the back of a dock. It means nothing to us. We were just walking like we were completely ignorant, oblivious of what was going on. In retrospect, I believe that was the manifestation of the gift of faith. Because there's no way naturally you won't be breaking down. You won't, your emotions will not be getting the better of you. There's no way naturally you can do that. That was the manifestation of the gift of faith. We just didn't know it. Glory to God. You just be in a place that people are, are freaking out and they are in, in distress. They are complaining. And you are like, what are you guys talking about? That's the manifestation of the gift of faith. You just see God coming through. You just see God coming through. Even though you don't know how, you just see God coming through. That is the move of the Holy Ghost. So what I want us to see is God is moving all the time, even when you don't know it. But what we want to do is bring our awareness, our revelation of the word of God to a place where we can see the hand of God moving. And we can... Partner with him. Lord, I've been praying. I've been praying some dangerous prayer. I said, Lord, use me like you use the Galilean fishermen. Use me, Lord. And I borrowed that prayer from a very, very mighty woman of God that was used mightily in this last century, Mariah Woodward Ether. In fact, in the last two weeks, the Lord led me to go and study her life. And I was like, Lord, okay. So I, I got all the books, all the materials that I have, and I began to look at this woman's story. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about that. Mariah Woodward Ether was born July 22, 1844, and she passed on in 1924. To give you context, Kenneth E. Hagen was born in 1917. So Kenneth E. Hagen was a little boy around the time that Mariah was 
in the height of her ministry before she passed on. William Braham was alive around that time too, 1909. He was born in 1909. So there were all these contemporary men that we study about that we know as God's generals, that God was raising up. In fact, in the last 24 hours, the Lord, because I have a, a stack of books on William Braham, the complete uh, biography of this man's life. And the Lord led me to go and read it again. So I've read it before. This is not the first time I've read it. But now I'm reading it and I'm seeing something I didn't see there before. Just like when you read your Bible and you've read it before and then the Holy Ghost opens it up and it's like, was that there all along? Yeah. Amen. That's why you don't say, well, Bishop, you preached that last week. Why are you preaching that again? Glory to God. You have to be open and attentive to what the Lord is. So anyway, let me give you a quick synopsis of this woman's life. She was born poor. She grew up poor. You can study her life if you want. Uh, she got saved in 1857 at the age of 12. She got married to uh, Philo Woodworth. That's where she got Woodworth in her last name. She had a son. They had a series of babies, and all of, practically all of them died. She, she was left with just two. She just kept feeling the call of God. But every time she felt the call of God, she's like, no, I can't do it. I'm, first of all, I'm a woman, because back then, women can't preach. Women have come a long way. Praise the Lord. Women have come a long way, and we need more equality in the body of Christ and in our society for men and women. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So she, she kept giving all these excuses, but that call just keeps following her. So if God has called you to do something, I would suggest gently that you go and do it. Because the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance. God is not going to change his mind because of your circumstances. God is not going to change his mind because of your excuses. God is not going to change his mind because of whatever you say to him. He has called you. The Bible says, faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. He is the one that calls you, but he's the one that will do it through you. He's just looking for a yielded and a willing vessel. So go about and begin to obey the call of God on your life. Start now. If the Lord is prompting you to start now, this is the time to start. Don't wait till uh, next year or five years from now, I'll do it. No, start now. So because of all the tragedies around our life, and I've seen, I, this, is not, this, this is not consistent across the board, all of the uh, heroes of faith, the generals that we, we read about and we study about, most of them, their life begins with some type of tragedy some type of poverty, extreme poverty. In fact, if you read the life of William Braham, this man lived in extreme poverty, the kind of poverty that he did not have a shirt to wear, not to wear outside at all. He would go to school shirtless in cold winter. I haven't experienced that kind of poverty. I know I've seen poverty, but not that kind of poverty. But if you know what God did through this man's life, my goodness, he's just looking for a yielded vessel, a yielded vessel. So anyway, moving on with the story of Mariah. Mariah had tuberculosis, uh, all kinds of issues happened in her life. But finally, she decided that it was time for her to obey God. So she began, and she had this evangelistic grace on her life. Because in the course of the conversation and the dialogue she had with Lord, God gave her a vision of people falling into hell. And that image just stayed with her. 
So finally, she said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. She saw herself going up, and then she saw people completely unaware of what's going on falling into hell in droves, in droves, and she was hearing their scream. So that was why everywhere she preached, she was an evangelist at the core. So as time went on, the Lord began to speak to her about the ministry of healing, healing and miracles. And she was resisting. She said, Lord, no, 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 no. I want to get people saved. I want to get people saved. And the Lord reminded her, just like, you know, Peter was trying to correct the Lord. You know, sometimes we think we know what we don't know. She was trying to correct the Lord. And the Lord said, no, I want you to add healing and miracles to your ministry. Because healing actually enhances the work of an evangelist. She didn't know. So she said, okay, I'm going to do it. And she began to obey God. And we began to see amazing manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our ministry. I want to read you some clippings of newspaper reports during that time. September 23, 1885, Indianapolis Times newspaper published the following words. Repentance run mad. That's the headline. Mrs. Woodward's biggest reviver, 23,000 persons under the spell of the trans-evangelist incantation. She was known as the trans-evangelist. This is what I want, to, I want to bring out of this because it's been on my heart even for the last message that I did, but I, I wasn't able to get to it. In our ministry, when, when she's ministering, people will just fall into trance. They will be slain on the floor. There was, there was reports, not one, several reports of people standing immobile for hours. Imagine somebody in, in immobile, frozen, thank you, frozen for hours. And every one of them, every one of those encounters, they will, the Lord will take them to heaven and he will take them to hell and give them a choice. It's, it's mostly people that are not born again, people that are against that ministry. There was even one guy, he was the head of the bandits in that, in that, in that neighborhood. She had a tent and she was going to do a revival. And it was one of the worst neighborhood. I think it was in Indianapolis. And they said, you are not going to do it. We are, they came with weapons, not a joke. They came with clubs and cutlasses and knives and everything to fight. And so this, when the service was beginning, like right, right, right now, this guy was walking up to her to try to hurt him. And it seems like there's a field around her. As soon as you get in that field, the power of God will hit you. This man got in that field and he froze. He just froze like all the other times. And for the next couple of hours, he was there. And the other guys, his, his compadres, everybody sat down in their seat like, uh-uh. I'm not messing with this. Amen? Now, can you show me where freezing is in the Bible? It goes back to what I read last time. Jesus said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. Now, we have to be very careful because not every manifestation is of the spirit. The same spirit that lives inside of you will witness to you that this is of God. The same spirit will be screaming inside you, this is demonic. So you'll be able to know. 
this is of God and this is not of God. So this guy was frozen there. During that time when he was frozen, the Lord took him to hell and the Lord took him to heaven and asked him, what do you want? Take your pick, hell or heaven. And of course, the guy was not a dummy. He chose heaven. He got saved. All of his friends got saved. And guess what? Instead of them harassing the service, they became the security for the service. And there were miracles, signs, wonders. So the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is not in a box. I believe that's what the Lord is prompting me to share with the church. When you look at the life of Branham, another set of manifestation, when you look at A.A. Allen, when, when you look at Jaco, all of these guys, different manifestation, the same spirit, which agrees with what we read in 1 Corinthians 12. The same spirit manifesting differently, manifesting himself differently in each track. But inside of you right now are the rivers of the Holy Ghost. Inside you right now is the rivers of healing. Inside you right, in fact, that river inside you is meant to impact the other person. But you can also use that river to impact yourself. I heard a story that uh, one of my mentors shared. He said one day he was deadly sick. I mean, he was getting ready to go to preach and he he, he said, Lord, I'm too sick. I have to die to get better. That's how bad it was. The pain was so severe. He was hunched up in his bed, and the Lord spoke to him. Well, the reason that he was, he was attacked was because he was not obeying God. When you get to a place in your revelation of the word of God, and the Lord tells you to do certain things, and you don't do it, you open yourself to attack. Not the Lord attacking you, you open it because you are now in disobedience. And once you are in disobedience, Satan has the legal right to attack you. So that was what was happening to him. He said, Lord, I repent. I'm going to do it because he was a teacher, but also a prophet. He will put the prophetic, uh, the teacher ministry above the prophetic ministry. But the prophetic ministry is above the teacher ministry. If you look at everywhere it's mentioned in the Bible, the prophetic comes before the teacher ministry. That's a small tidbit. So anyway, he was trying to... To do that, he loves to teach. He just stays with his note and teach and teach and teach. Like what I just did, what I've been doing so far, that's not my plan. I'm just following the Holy Spirit. So he said, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to obey you. He said, okay, now put your hands on yourself. Amen. There was nobody in the room. Put your hands up because the river, the river is in you. In fact, I want us to do it as a prophetic act right now. Put your hands on yourself. That river that is in you. Release it. Lord, I, re- I release healing right now. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. The river that's in me, I release it now. In the name of... The river is in you. The river is in you. The river of the Holy Ghost is in you. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Every pain be gone. Every infirmity be gone. In the name of Jesus. For those at home, I want you to do the same thing. Put that hands on your head. It's the same Holy Ghost, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. That same spirit will quicken your mortal body. Let me keep going. You can put your hand down. <laughs> or you can leave it on if you, if you want. It's your hands, it's your head. Do what you want. Praise the Lord. I'm serious. You can place your hand on yourself and minister the healing and miracle power of God to yourself. Amen? 
Or you can have a brother lay hands on the, the, the genius of God. He wants to get it to you any way you can, any way you can receive it. You know, the word of God is anointed. The preaching of the word of God releases anointing. If you will receive it, the anointing is coming as I'm speaking. Amen. The same way, that same Holy Ghost, put your hand on yourself, the same anointing is released. But of course, we have measures of anointing. There are measures of it. You can be more anointed or less anointed. Take a, a, a good example is Elijah, I mean, Elisha and Elijah. Elisha had a double. So if you can have double, that means there is more than single. I mean, that's simple math. If you can have double, it's more than single. So your anointing can be increased for many, many factors. Your obedience, your faithfulness, and just because the Holy Ghost just wants to knock the socks off, off of you and everybody around you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So as I'm speaking, the word of God is anointed. Be receiving what you need. Don't wait till prayers are offered. Receive the word because the word is anointed. The word is anointed. The above quoted lines were chanted by 20,000 people gathered in a small grove in the edge of Madison County yesterday. Perhaps never before was gathered together such an assemblage to hear and see Mrs. Woodward, the great revivalist. Chicago Tribune and many other headlines. Let me read this one to you. This will blow your socks off. Police worn out by duty on ambulance. Police, they were worn out because people are requesting, please come and carry me to this tent meeting. Because people are sick in their homes back then, for the most part. Hospitals was just getting established. So people will call 911, give me a ride to this evangelist because of what was happening there. I believe God is resurrecting that kind of anointing, that kind of grace, not just in Africa or in South America, but in good old America. God is going to use you. God is going to use me. So get ready. God is going to use you. God is going to use me. Look at the headline here. Frequent calls for vehicle to convey the suffering to Woodward Ether's meeting requires overtime work by officer. They are worn out. And the, the, the boss say, answer no more calls. Mayor puts his foot down on further response to such request. Two trips necessary. Mrs. Woodward and her faith-curing establishment have nearly proved the undoing of the police force. Not that the officers have been enticed by the duties or to, to religious involvement or the zeal of the truly elect, but rather for the calls the for the ambulance have been so frequent and persistent that members of the force are on the verge of nervous prostration from the calamity known as overwork. They were getting so many calls to carry people, to pick people to the events. And you know the reason why they are doing that? It's just like what happened in the ministry of Jesus. Every time Jesus spoke, the Lord has been leading me to study the life of Jesus. I mentioned that last week, and I'm still on that. 
every time Jesus spoke, it almost seemed there is no quiet time for him. The only time he has quiet time is when he's with his father. He will separate himself away to go and pray. The moment he shows up, in fact, there was one episode, he shows up, he was looking for some quiet time. The moment they found out that he was there, the word went out. Text, Twitter, Facebook, Jesus is in town. And guess what happened? People came from everywhere, bringing their sick, bringing those who are demon-possessed, bringing those with every type of illness and every type of disease. And the scripture said, and he healed them all. And he's still the same. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. His word has not changed. The same thing we are seeing here. Now, look at this one. Sobs. This is a headline. And just so you know that I'm not just making it up. That's the newspaper clipping itself. You can see it. I'm reading the headline. Sobs, shouts, then miracle. A girl's faint and devils are cast out by Pentecostal. Blind woman claim cure. Brings climbers to a mysterious scene at Southside Church. Three girls fainted last night. Woman went into hysterics and cried and wrung her hands and then sobbed and shouted and shook their clenched fist at the ceiling. A blind woman suddenly saw 50 devils were driven out and almost 100 persons were converted. This is a secular newspaper. This is not TBN. This is a secular newspaper in America, just a few, um, a few hundred years ago, not even a hundred years ago, maybe 80 years ago, 90 years ago. Amen? I believe God is bringing that back. God is raising, in fact, the mantles that these generals left, God is finding worthy vessel to bestow those mantles on them. The mantle of Mariah, Mama Mariah Woodward Ether, John G. Lake, A. A. Allen, Jack Cole, William Branham, Kenneth E. Hagin, all of these mantles are coming back to the church. The devil is in trouble. If you know his address, text him. If you know where he lives, text him and let him know he is in trouble. He is, he's, he's going to get it now. Glory to God. God is raising. You don't have his number. Actually, I have his number. The Bible says he's under my feet. That's his address. Glory to God. You walk on him. Walk on him. He's under your feet. Glory to God. Now, let's look at the life of Jesus Christ. Go to Mark chapter 5. How many of you are getting blessed? I'm just following what I believe the Lord is leading me to do. Jesus said in John 16, 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But however, when the spirit of truth shall come, he will guide you into all truth. Glory to God. How many of you remember the story of the madman of gatherings? So recently I was studying that. As I was reading it, you know, we know the story, so I know the story, so I was reading it and I was meditating on it, and the Lord said, go back. So I saw something that I never saw before. Maybe you've seen it before, but I didn't, and the Lord showed it to me. Look at it, verse one. Then they came to the other side of the sea. So we are still talking about the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing, faith being in operation in the ministry of Jesus. Remember, Jesus was 
on this earth, even though he was God, he laid aside his mighty power and glory and was operating as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. As I was meditating on that, the Lord said, why would God need to be anointed? Because I laid aside my mighty power and glory. That's why I needed to be anointed, just like you need to be anointed. And the anointing of God is on you. Amen? There's anointing within and there's anointing upon. Maybe someday I'll preach on that. They have different function. They, it came to the country of the gatherings. When you look at other translations, the, the gagazing, uh, but that's just the general area, the, the, the country of the gathering. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. So that man came to meet with him, who was dwelling in the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chain. But he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains pulled apart, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. He was a mad, mad man, seriously demon demonic possessed. Verse 5, and always night and day was in the country and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. Then he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said, Come out of the man unclean spirit. Now, I want to I do some teaching here. So follow me. Look at verse, verse number 8 and verse number 7. You know, when you are doing writing, people that are good writers, you know, authors that write books, they have so many literally styles. The best writer is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? I don't care what you wrote. You can't come near him. Amen? So what I wanted to see here was, this was not chronological, how the event occurred. That's what the, Lord, the first thing the Lord showed me. Because when you read it, the first thing you read in verse 7, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. That statement, just from the statement alone, you know it's a response to something that something said or someone said. So I submit to you that the first thing that took place chronologically was verse 8. Jesus, as this man was approaching him and he was worshiping him, he saw by the word of knowledge there are demons inside him. He said, come out. The Lord said something to me many years ago. You know, we say come out in Jesus' name. What did Jesus say? Come out in my name. He just said, come out. I, I, I was meditating one day and the Lord said, what do you think I said? You say, come out in Jesus' name. He just said, come out because he's Jesus. So it's that same authority that has been deputizing you and I. Glory to God. I'm just, I'm just having fun here. So Jesus said, come out on clean spirit. And then the spirit, the air demon inside him responded in verse 7. So if you want to look at it chronologically, the first thing that happened was Jesus said, come out. And the second thing was the demon, the air demon responded because there were 6,000 as we found out in the story. So the air demon said, what have I to do with you? I'm not disturbing you, Jesus. I'm just doing my thing over here. Leave me alone. That's what he's trying to say. Now look at it. Verse 9. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now the Lord showed me something that may be very, very hard for some of you to receive. 
said, I didn't know his name. That's why I asked for his name. Because word of knowledge is the function or the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal what is happening in a particular situation. And the scripture said, he shows himself in a measure. He doesn't release everything. So if Jesus knew his name, why would he be asking for the name? That's what he told me. He said, if I knew his name, why would I be asking for his name? And many times we use that as a formula for casting out devils. Oh, you got to know their name before you can cast them out. Yes, there are instances where that is necessary. Again, follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus asked for his name because if I meet somebody, for example, I've never met them before, I will ask for their name unless God reveals their name to me. And then it will be very weird for me to just come up to you, I never met you before, and then say your name. Even though I know your name, I may not say it. I will ask you, what's your name? So that's what Jesus did here. What I want us to see there is, even for flowing in the prophetic, you don't always know everything. One of the reasons God does it that way is so that you know that you are dependent on him. Because a minister can get to a place that they are Holy Ghost Junior. Amen? You never get anything, everything. The, he, he releases the revelation in a measure. Enough for you to step out in faith. Enough for you to pray the prayer of faith. Enough for you to go and get that financing that you are believing God for. Enough for you to step out of the boat. Just enough. And God knows the measure that you need in that particular situation. So Jesus asked, what is your name? And then he begged him, and then they, you remember the rest of the story, send us to the swine, blah, 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 and then Jesus sent them to the swine, and then they ran into the river, and then they drowned. And because, you know, demons by nature, they are destructive. John 10, 10, the thief comes but to kill to steal, and to destroy. Nobody should be harboring demons in their life. Nobody should. There's no need for you to be carrying demons because any presence of demon around your life is always going to look for something to destroy. So when you look at this, Jesus operating as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit, didn't know everything in this particular story. But we know that Jesus operated at the highest level of the prophetic in all of the nine gifts of the spirit. But even with that, he does not know everything. I just proved it to you. Now let me see you, give you another example. If you go to 2 Kings chapter four, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing specifically on the office of the prophet. 2 Kings chapter four. Because sometimes people think, oh, because you're a prophet, you know everything. Psh. That's not true. That's not consistent with scripture. Let me go because of time to verse 20. Let's go to verse 26. Remember the story of Elisha and the Shunammite. The Shunammite got the son, and the son is now about 10 years old. And all of a sudden, one day, there was farming going on because they were mostly farmers back then. 
the dad was a farmer, the, the work was going on, all of a sudden he was complaining of headache, my head, my head, my head. He said, take the boy to the mom. I'm busy over here. That's what dads do. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, the boy died. So this woman, being a woman of faith and has a relationship with the prophet, he told the husband, I want to go see the prophet. And the prophet questioned, why are you going? It's not the moon day, it's not this particular day. I'm trying to shorten the story. Long story short, she started riding to see the prophet. On the way, verse 26, they saw her coming. Elisha and Gehazi, his servant, saw her coming from a distance. Verse 26, please run to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? She answered, it is well. Verse 27, now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the fit, by the feet rather, but Gehazi came near to push her away because Gehazi was his servant slash bodyguard. <laughs> he was gonna push her away, he wanted to hurt my master, I'm gonna push her away. Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, let I alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has what? Hidden it from me, and has not told me. He has hidden it from me, and has not told me. You see that thread throughout scripture. If the Holy Spirit does not reveal it to you, you don't know it. We know in part, we prophesy in part. And the reason the Lord does that is because he expects us to take the little bit that he shows and extend ourselves by faith and step out. Amen. So when the word of knowledge is released, it's not just to entertain, it's for you to step out and receive what God is releasing. But if you don't, then the miracle will not produce in you, in your life. There was a story that one man of God shared uh, the Lord is prompting me to share that right now. So the daughter was uh, born with polio, polio legs. Maybe I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Glory to God. <laughs> she was born with polio legs. I think she was around 9 or 10 already. And you know when you have undeveloped legs, the rest of your body is normal. Then that part of the body is tiny. So she came to this minister. And you know you know when the, the healing anointing is flowing, you know. But when it's not flowing, you know. But that doesn't mean because it's not flowing, we, we can still not believe God. Because the word of God is anointed. Amen. The Holy Ghost that's flowing in that river and the word of God, they are in agreement. They are one. Yeah. So while the service was going, the healing anointing was flowing and it ministered to her, but there was no physical manifestation. So she took the baby home, and the next morning, like normal routine, she was showering for the baby, crying like good mothers. Lord, I know, I thought, I thought, I thought for sure this man is anointed. This man is, is used by you. I know, I believe him. But, you know, my baby, nothing. And the Lord asked her, do you believe that the story the man told you is true? The word of God and his story? He said, yeah, I believe. Do you believe that when he told you that the healing anointing went into your child, do you believe that he did? Yes, I believe. Remember, again, spiritual activity versus natural activity. He said, Lord, I believe. He said, then if you believe, why are you acting like this? If you believe, why are you acting like this? He said, Lord, you know what? In a moment, she switched from unbelief to faith. 
He said, you know what, Lord? You're right. I just want to thank you, Father, because I believe that my daughter is healed. I want to praise you. She changed from tears to praise. And right in front of our eyes, according to her testimony, those legs grew out. The healing anointing was ministered to her, but it was like a, a package waiting to detonate. What's the activator faith? So the healing anointing is resident in you right now because the word of God is anointed. But what would detonate it is your faith. That anointing can be there for days, for weeks, for months, for years, waiting for you to activate it. You know, the Lord gave me the analogy. You know C4. How many of you know C4? If you don't know C4, it's a type of dynamite, a type of uh, explosive. It's, it looks like a party dynamite. By itself, it's harmless. You can pack it and travel with it, no problem. But when you put the ignition into it and you light it up, you better run. Because everything will go kaboom. That's what faith does. When the word of God is released, the only activator in the kingdom is faith. That's what activated your salvation. That's what's going to activate your healing. That's what's going to activate your deliverance. That's what activates everything. The only activator is faith. Somebody can be laid hands on and the healing anointing will be deposited in their house. Remember, your body is your house. Waiting for you to light it up. And the moment you light it up, you need a new body part. You need whatever you need in your body. Your bones to be restored. Your whatever. That same anointing, the same Holy Ghost is available to do it. But what activates it is your faith. So faith and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, they are side by side. So when a word of knowledge is released, a word of wisdom is released, uh, whatever is released by the Holy Ghost is still pregnant. It's not delivered yet. It's pregnant. It requires your faith. In fact, one of the reasons God gives one of knowledge is to produce faith in you because the word of God produces faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I explained to us last time that I used to think that it was just talking about the text of the Bible, but it's also talking about the Rema word. The now word that God gives. Glory to God. So how many of you received the word of God this morning? Look at 2 Kings chapter 5, just one chapter over. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 25, just one chapter over. You know the story, so because of time, Gehazi is a rascal. There was a healing that just took place, and the man offered clothing, money, and everything. But the Lord said, no, don't receive anything. So this man, Gehazi, went behind his master and went to go and meet the man and said, don't mind my master. The money, the clothes, I, I, I'm going to have it. I'm just paraphrasing now. That's Bishop's version. Now look at verse 25. 
now he went and stood. He went in and stood before his master. This was him coming back after taking the clothes and the money and hiding it in his tent. Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Just lie to a prophet. Now, why would you do that? If prophets know everything, it would be very, very stupid, very, very dumb for you to even attempt that. Because he knows prophets do not know everything. If God does not reveal, prophets know zero. And the, the gifts are manifested as the spirit wills. So he was doing a mathematical calculation here. Maybe this time God won't show him. So I'm going to get by. <laughs> he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, did not my spirit go with you when the man turned back from the chariot to meet? In other words, as you were going physically, I went with you spiritually. In other words, the Holy Ghost manifested discerning your spirit. He came out of his body and followed him on that journey. He saw everything live. He was there. He saw the conversation. He heard everything. And then because of that, he said, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. And in that moment, he went out from his presence, leprous, as white as snow. What I want us to see is, again, connecting you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Prophets, a body of Christ, a member of the body of Christ, we don't know everything except what the Lord reveals. But we have to be open, expecting to hear him 24-7, 365. If the Lord is not revealing anything, then we go with the word. If the Lord is not showing anything, the word of God is anointed. So then I step out in faith and pray for you in faith with the word, because the word and the spirit, they agree. Glory to God. So if the Lord is not revealing anything, he's saying that the word is enough to do what needs to happen today. You don't need anything. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you are getting blessed by this? The word of God is anointed. The word of God produces healing, produces miracles, just as much as the river of God inside you produces healing, produces miracle. So what is it that you need God, you need from God today? What is it that's uppermost on your heart as we prepare for Christmas? What are the prayers that you are praying and trusting God for right now? I want you to turn your heart to the Lord in this moment. This is time for prayer. I think the service is over. This is time for prayer. I want you to turn your heart to the Lord and tell him what are those things. And pray the prayer of faith, not pray the prayer of religion. I don't want you to pray religion. I want you to pray the prayer of faith. You know, your word says, this sign shall follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The, the word says, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, running over, shall men give to my bosom. Lord, so because I, you said in your word I should give, Lord, I'm expecting a return on my finances. I'm expecting a blessing. I want you to pray right now. I know there are many people that have not trained themselves to learn how to pray and to stay in the presence of God in prayer. But this moment, I want you to tell God what's on your heart right now. And I want you to picture the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, taking every word, every prayer that you are giving him right now. Remember, pray expecting to receive.
prayer is not just a spiritual activity. It's something we do knowing that God will answer. You need healing on your back. You need eyesight healed. Uh, the Lord is prompting me. I've been getting this something like I don't know how to describe it on this part of my eye. I don't know if somebody had problem with this part of their eye. Maybe it's just me. Because you have to discern whether it's God or the Holy Spirit. So, Father, if it's not me and it's somebody in the house, I release healing right now in the name of Jesus. I release healing right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, over every prayer request that have been said today, Lord, I remember, because the Lord is leading me there right now, I remember Anna praying a prayer and Eli watching from his position. He thought she's drunk. After she explained that she's not drunk, I'm just pouring my heart out to the Lord. And Eli, in his position as a prophet and as the leader of the house, and by proxy, I'm standing on behalf of Pastor Tom this morning. And I declare over every prayer that you have offered today, every prayer that you have released before the Father in the ears of the Holy Spirit, the answers are yours now in the name of Jesus. I declare you are blessed. You are not cursed. Every plan of the enemy concerning your life, I cancel them now in the name of Jesus. I release the joy of the Lord over your life. I release celebration over you. I release breakthrough over you in the name of Jesus. Every lie of the enemy that you have partnered with, I separate you from them now in the name of Jesus. You are the daughter of the king. You are the son of the king. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Your family shall be saved. It doesn't matter what is happening right now. Your family shall be saved. Your sons and your daughters will come back home. Your sons and your daughters will come back home. In fact, they will get so radical more than you are. I declare it as a prophet of the living God. I declare over your life every request that you have placed before the Father, they are granted to you right now in the name of Jesus. One of the, in fact, the main tool of the prophet is their mouth. The main tool of the prophet is their mouth. They are God's mouthpiece. So I declare over your life this morning, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I didn't call myself, he called me, and he put his spirit upon me. So therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, every pain in your body, go now. Every problem plaguing your mind, plaguing you, giving you sleepless night, it is over now in the name of Jesus. Those that desire to be married, I there is a divine arrangement by God. Your spouse will find you. You will find your spouse in the name of Jesus. You won't have to cry anymore in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord is wiping away your tears right now in the name of Jesus. Every repeated cycle of pain in your life, it comes back every month or every other month or every six months. That sickness will come back. We put a stop to it now in the name of Jesus. I put a stop to it now. Those that are sick, that are watching from home, you are healed already in the mighty name of Jesus. The healing wave of God, I release it. That river of God, that river of the Holy Ghost, I release it over the house right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fall, fall upon your house afresh. Afresh, afresh, afresh. 
just like you've done in the days of old. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, let there be a manifestation of your tangible presence in everyone's life in the name of Jesus. Lord, the next thing I'm expecting is testimonies from everyone under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. How many of you receive it? If you receive it, shout amen. Amen. If you receive it, shout amen. amen. You know what amen means? So be it. So be it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have much more to say, but because of time, we're going to just end it here. Father, we thank you for what your word has released today. We thank you, Lord, for the life of the generals. Mariah with whatever. We thank you, Lord, for the manifestations of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we continue to push and contend for more, contend for more, contend for more of your spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you have done through your word today and through the move of your spirit. Lord, I thank you, Lord, because everyone under the sound of my voice, their joy is complete. Their joy is complete. Every evil cycle is stopped now. Whether it's spiritual or physical, every evil cycle that is messing up your house, messing up your joy, making you a joyless believer, I stop it now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We release the angels of God to go to work and bring to pass the word. The Bible says they hack into the voice of his word. So Father, I take power over all the powers of the enemy and I release a million, in fact, a quadrillion hosts right now. Go into every heart, into every body part, into every situation and begin to walk the works of the Holy Spirit and bring about a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. Thank you, Father. We honor you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Holy Ghost.